With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Portland is a baseball town. Our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone. (laughs) There was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they bought a little short, chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon, fueled by Guardian Games and Athletic Field Design. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your hosts, Ben and Dave. You're messing up the technology again. This guy's a tech guy. <laughs> You're recording. Oh, am I? Yeah. Oh, well, let's, let's keep it going. <laughs> Are you borderline millennial Gen X, so you're good at technology? Like, what's your deal? I don't know. What's your deal, Dave? What's my deal? I'm a rocking Gen Xer who's ready to get this party started. Rocking Gen yeah. Xer. Yeah, gray this, beard. And I'll quote uh, Montel Jordan, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. Yeah, this is what I didn't want. This crap is what I didn't want. This is we're forbidden. We are forbidden la, from la, doing la. this in the Juster studio. Hey, we've got a guest. We okay. do. Act accordingly. Act accordingly right now. Had enough of this nonsense. You're killing me, Smalls. All right. All right. Well, we're back. Are we? Apparently, we are. I guess we were on air. Good times. We were. All right. I'm Ben. I was going to say I'm Dave. <laughs> Let's crisscross it. Let's cross it up. I'm Chris. Speaking of crisscross, right? Yeah. Remember crisscross. Anyway. Okay. I'm Dave. And I'm Dave. Wait, then I'm Ben. You said we're going to crisscross. All right, we're not crisscrossing. I'm Dave. I'm Ben. And I'm Brian. <laughs> and and he's, he's trying to get to out of here, di- but we locked him in, so we're golden. <laughs> and you're listening to the Diamonds and Roses, Roses podcast. podcast. Well, sorry about that, but we just like had some fun. Sounds like somebody got into mama's cough syrup. <laughs> oh, I hope I did. <laughs> Wait, no, share. Oh. <laughs> All right. Wait, I got this flask here. Yeah, okay. So hey, this is a family show. What are you doing? Oh, God, I'm sorry. Okay, FCC's all over you. All right, wait, do they govern podcasts? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. But we have our uh, guests back, yep. Brian Gunnell. Um, You know, we're going to have a pretty cool episode, this one, uh, because we're going to get into a little bit more about what Brian's been doing recently, and we'll talk a little bit past, and we'll also jump into MLB to PDX. So, um, you know, without further ado, Brian, how's it going this time? It's going as well as it was the last time. <laughs> he was giving us some funny looks there for that exchange. Yeah, uh, we left off. He was uh, he was uh, he would he'd, he'd moved he'd come to Portland. Uh, he'd he'd figured out a great situation. He was freelancing, and then things took a turn. Yeah, he got married, and kiddo was on the way. Mom yep. said, "Come mom, live mom, here. Mom I'll take care of kiddo." Yep, and here he is. Yeah, yeah. here I am. Uh, yeah, so four years on, I, I have a business. I actually think I know how to run it, uh, which is 
cool. <laughs> <laughs> I have QuickBooks and everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you've lasted this long, you obviously do. So that's Dave cool. has 97 Excel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have 89 Excel. Did they make Excel in 89? Yeah, I don't maybe. Know. I, I started there, so... <laughs> Talk about talk about the t- starting a business that that first uh, that first few months that first year that's that's got to be the challenge right? Um, you would think it was, uh, but I I've said this I said this last time um, I've gotten super lucky uh, in everything that I've done in this industry. Um, I I kind of live by the philosophy of don't be an a hole. And that sweet will, philosophy. <laughs> Let's bumper sticker that. Yes. Like seriously. It's, it's really Don't funny. Like t-shirt that. Yeah. This, the sports design community is really, really small. Okay. Like everybody knows everybody. So that can be a really, really good thing as it has been for me, or it will just chew you up, spit you out and you'll never work another day. And really ever again. Oh yeah. Like there are definitely some people who are, uh, marked, I guess is the best way I can put it of, and, and and they so so the community corporations get a get they get that vibe they get the info now yeah I mean, I, I mean like I said I mean it, we, most of us know each other um, and have either talked online or actually met in person now um, there's actually this really cool sports design conference that was started about five years ago uh, that most designers in sports attend every year and so like. W- there's another layer of, of you know, yeah. everybody knows everybody. And it's immediate with social media shift in the last, yeah. in the last mm-hmm. 10 years. And so, yeah, that's yeah. insane. Reputations spread real fast. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and it's not impossible to turn things around. Uh, there's some people that I know who their online persona does not match their in-person persona. And that's it's Matt. worked out OK for them. A um, <laughs> little, photo, well, little photoshopping, if you will. Yeah. yeah, yeah, some Windex on there. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, so there's there's not to say that you know you you'll get blackballed per se, but it's like definitely if you rub people the wrong way, that's going to get around. Mm-hmm. So I, I've tried really really hard to not do that, and I think it's worked out, um, which has been cool. So um, when I I went freelance after leaving the University of Washington in um, July of 2015, just a couple weeks before my daughter was born. Um, I had prior to that point, I knew I was going to be leaving. Um, and I tried to give, I gave them a full month's notice of my, my resignation and also helped them hire my replacement. That's cool. Um, cause I believed in the program and I wanted to help them. Mm -hmm. Um, but also in that time I ramped up my freelance cause I knew I was going to be without a job when I got back to Portland. I didn't have anything lined up. I also knew that it, it was the freelancer culture. Um, so I was, you know, mining my contacts and I was gonna um, say, yeah. just reaching out to whoever I could reach out to and say, Hey, if you have any extra work, uh, I'm going freelance for a little bit till I find something in Portland. Can you help me out? Um, and my former boss from the Arizona Diamondbacks got a job working for the Miami Dolphins and he hooked me up. Very cool. So I did hmm. some work for the Miami Dolphins, and it was high enough profile work that it got noticed, and that led to one other gig. Um, they had a guy on staff at the Dolphins who took over as a creative director for the Miami Marlins, so I ended up working for the Miami Marlins as as a graphic designer on retainer. Very cool. Um, he had a buddy who uh, left the Dolphins and took over as the creative director at the San Diego Padres, so... Um, you know, the chain followed me to, sure. to work hmm. with the Padres a little bit. 
Um, that conference I mentioned to you, I met um, the director, senior director of graphic design for the San Francisco Giants. So um, we got to be pretty good buddies, and and I ended up doing a little bit of work for the Giants. So you know, that's all that's, that's kind of a dream gig, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, your job's really a job that you could just do like literally from your home, like oh, and yeah. not have to really go anywhere. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, the technology with graphic design, you know, between Skype and and Zoom video and messages and, and FaceTime has made it so that, you know, I can work from Portland and do whatever I need to do and work for all these teams that I've been lucky enough to work with. That's cool. Um, so, I mean, my, my client roster has been amazing. Mm. Uh, you know, I've, I've worked with the Sandy, uh, the, uh, um, Kansas city chiefs. I've worked with, um, LA galaxy. I've worked with DC United. Uh, and, uh, let's see, Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, you did stuff for the thunder too, right? That was when I was at old hat. Uh, is okay. when I, I did stuff for the thunder. So there's, there's some of that stuff is, you know, from when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I did do the stuff for the thunder. <laughs> yeah. How, yeah. How old's your kid? Uh, she is three and a half. Oh, these are going to be cool. These are going to be cool stories when she's a little mm-hmm. older. Right? Yeah. Like um, you, you're going to, you're going to team drop a little bit. Oh, you know? for sure. I would. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. For sure. That's cool. So yeah. Um, you know, this, this past year I was fortunate enough to, to get hired by the Padres to do their 50th anniversary logo. Very oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So with a big season coming up. Yeah. Big yep. expectations. Yep. too. Yeah. Yep. And they're, they're, Many they're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing yeah. real well. So yeah. there's some exciting stuff. I also did, uh, the, uh, Hall of Fame induction logo for for uh, Trevor Hoffman. So oh, that was wow. really fun. Cool. Um, so yeah, they're they're a great organization to work with. I really like the people down there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, so I have contacts from MLB. Uh, I you know I've got that work ended up getting noticed. So I've gotten some cold calls from people. Um, uh, I got a call from. Uh, now she's with the Atlanta Braves, but at the time she was the graphic designer for uh, minor league baseball. And she asked me to work on the the promo seminar branding uh, for 2017 down in Greenville, South Carolina. So cool. I did the program and style guide for uh, and the branding for that. And they were uh, happy enough with that, that I got to do the baseball winter meetings branding for nice. that in Orlando, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, again, that stuff got noticed by some other people and that got me in touch with, uh, other people and and stuff that I can't talk about yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah we we get, we get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, we can't talk about that yet. Yeah, um, but there's I have some some uh, really 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 big stuff coming out in 2020. Wow, so cool. Just but, even if you don't mean it, tell us we'll be the first to know. Yeah, you will not be the first to know. Oh, oh, my wife has that privilege. Oh yeah, oh, man. okay. I, I, it's I, the second sense. to know makes sense. The first oh, yeah, we'll be the like, house to know. Yeah. We'll be like the third to know because he'll yeah. tell his daughter. Or two at the same yeah, time. Well, yeah, so. cool. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we just, I want to be at the top half of the food chain. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, but just really quickly, I mean, you probably had a lot of fun things that you worked on during that time. Um, but if you can think of this off the top of your head, but what was been the most meaningful um, thing that you've worked on for any of the sports teams? And I just want to say, like, what was meant most to you? There's there's been a, a a few projects that I've been like super super proud of um, that I can think of. Um, you guys remember when Ichiro got his three thousandth hit? Oh yeah, and they did that big thing on the field that that had all the photos of him, each one of his hits. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. Yeah, I designed that. Wow. Well, you're kidding me. No. 
Oh, no way. Yeah. That's crazy. So that was... My wife will flip out. She loves stuff like that. Huge Mariner fan. Like, just crazy. That's pretty cool. So um, I was working with the Marlins at the time, and they asked me to to build this thing and um, came up with the idea of... Their brief was that they wanted to somehow have all 3,000 of his hits in photo form. And I was like... How am I gonna do three thousand? Is there an algorithm for that? Like there, what? There you know? is not. I, I had to say. individually place every single oh photo. My God. Wow! Yeah, it was um, like there was an, like you're an animator. There was some automatic stuff yeah. that helped along the way, but, but mm-hmm. still, that was a there was a bear, uh, and I had to go through number each photo, and then some photos ended up getting replaced and then repositioned. So there was a lot, <laughs> there was a lot involved with that. But I came up with the idea of having like the multiple pieces of acrylic on there to mm-hmm. kind of offset things and and you know show some highlights of significant hits that he had and all those things and um, just walk over and tell him intro yeah. I designed this yeah like, so I, I didn't get to go to the game where they presented it to oh, him man. Uh, which was disappointing but at the same time I was here right. that was in Miami sure I get it yeah <laughs> uh, but apparently he they sent that thing. To Japan, to his home in Japan. Very so cool. That's that wow. one of one of they built three of them. One okay. of them is, is in his home. One is uh, he's a national icon, like over there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. So he's he's got one. There's one in Marlins Park, or at least I think there was supposed to be one in Marlins Park with the ownership change. I don't know what happened with that. And mm-hmm. then one was kept by the former owner. So that one was was pretty cool to to get to work on like such a significant piece of baseball history yeah and he's just retired and i yeah. love the picture that somebody put together they had his first hit or first at bat and then his last at bat and they kind of did them side by side yeah and it was just they're really fun i mean yeah. even though it's two pictures molded together it was just really kind of cool to yeah, see no, the two yeah, it's, and it's see over time cool when stuff like that happens. yeah so any 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 other thing that uh, stands out to you yeah um i did a rebrand for the pittsburgh riverhounds in usl um mm-hmm. so united soccer leagues uh, that was a really cool project to work on um went to pittsburgh got to meet the team in person cool. uh, got to explore the city really um the team wanted to embrace pittsburgh as as a city as as their identity so i got to do a really cool deep dive research on on pittsburgh on its hmm. history and, and the landmarks and walked around the city for a couple of days and and got hmm. some really cool inspiration for that and the brand ended up hitting um really well with fans because of that and cool. it was really authentic so that was that was really cool um the other one that i had a, just a ton of fun with was the baseball winter meetings stuff from 2017 it was all themed around magic it was in Orlando at Disney mm-hmm. World, so yeah. um, lots of fun little, you know, sparkles and wands crossed with a bat and, you know, top hats and things like That's that. Funny. So, you know, fun. It, that was just a lot of fun to design. Wow. Um, and then I would say, you know, the 50th logo for the Padres was yeah. another another really big one, um, which was just that was the fact that they asked me to do it was just. Really do cool. you the, these things that you design? Do you keep them in a like in a room? Do you display them at all at home? Or yeah, do you? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I have my office at home and is um, man cave. I mean, you're gonna run out of space eventually, yeah. right? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the hopes and dreams, right? It's he's just like wallpaper. Just he's crazy. like Willie Mays Hayes, like mm-hmm. tacking up his gloves tacking every time I see the base. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah, some some awesome. uniforms I've designed over the years that I I have actual jerseys of. So yeah. you know, I need to get those framed and I'm gonna put them up on the wall. That's really cool. I'll have hats and and other uniforms forms that are, are in the works and things like that so well got- i'm glad you brought that up because yeah. it leads us into the meat and potatoes of why 
you know, I reached out to you, Brian, and because um, obviously, clearly, the Hillsborough Hops have their cultural diversity uh, time coming up this year, and they were rebranding. You know, they've done something different each year, and so this year um, they approached you, asked you to design. So, if whatever you can tell us, um, sure, please, and let's talk about that approach, their thought process behind that, what they you know, if you can talk to about a little bit what they're thinking and then, you know, just like how you came up with the, the design and where it led to you in the end. Yeah. Um, so, um, I've been fortunate enough to be on retainer with the hops, um, hmm. for this is my, my second season with them. Um, so last season they brought me on board to really help develop mostly their marketing materials. Um, okay. so most, most of what I do is brand identity and, and develop. Oh, I was like going to say this is a bit of a shift, right? With sort the marketing of, kind of, I mean, between the, the uniform stuff I did at Nike, the, the marketing stuff I did at, at the Diamondbacks and, and Washington, and then the identity stuff I've kind of worked on on my own. I kind of do a little bit of everything, um, so I can I can work on a lot of different diverse projects. Which you know, when I'm working with a team like the Hops, it works out really really great for them because they do a lot of logo designs for things like promotional nights or mm. just programs that they run. So I can I can service that part. You know, the Copa identity being you know part of that, and then also I can help them out with stadium signage and advertising and you know i just finished up their 2019 season ticket design that just went to print so you know stuff like that i i work on social graphics for them and all, all sorts of things which is it's it's so much fun to work with them mm -hmm. they're they're definitely one of my favorite organizations that i've ever worked with and um uh i work pretty closely with kale wambacher the the team president he's he's awesome um, i love working with him so um if he's listening to that, you know, just make sure he hears it. Right on. <laughs> and he, he's welcome to come on the show, too. Yeah. That'd uh, be you cool. know, I'm going to see KL tomorrow. So oh, I'll, there I'll it is. It. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I'll okay. give you my card and give it to him. I can do that. All right. So um, let's talk about it. So this approach this year. Yeah. Um, they they came to you. Was it was it kind of like after the season last year where they're yeah, talking what about was the this? Pitch? Yeah, it was. So it was um, right it towards the it was kind of the middle of, of the season. I want to say it was sometime around August. Um, so, you know, they're, they're starting to kind of wind down the the 2018 Northwest League season. Uh, they're thinking about 2019 uh, and timelines for uniforms and, and logo developments within sports are usually an 18 to 24 month timeline. OK, so oh, wow. um, you have to have that much lead time to to be able to you know, do production on, on things like caps and, and, and uniforms and things like that, do sampling and all that kind of stuff. It just, it takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of stuff that I'm working on right now, I mean, it's April of 19, I'm working on stuff for 2020 and pretty soon here, I'm going to be working on stuff for 2021. Gotcha. Um, you know, that's just, that's just the way the world works in, in, in that particular industry. So, um, they, they had gone to MILB and they had done the, the Lupulos, uh, for the 2018 season for their Copa brand, uh, which is the first time they participated in, in the Copa. Um, and I think MILB started in 2017. That's minor league baseball. Yeah, MILB. Just for people that yep. maybe don't understand. Um, they started with four Copa teams, and then they increased it to 32 for last season, of which the Hops were part of that. And then they opened it up even further for this season. So they're trying to grow the Copa as a whole. So and um, Copa, sorry to jump in, is the more cultural diversity diversification of baseball. Yes, Copa de la, yeah, explain de la that a Diversión. Bit. Um, it's it's there's basically their their Spanish 
you know, Hispanic outreach program, essentially, okay. to kind of really um, reach out to fans of not just Mexican def- descent, but any any Hispanic or Latino or Latinx um hope that's the right term um community to really help latin america the caribbean wherever yeah, essentially yeah, exactly um help them uh be embraced in the communities here and and mm-hmm. really you know have them be part of the baseball family because they do have several players that have either played for them in the past or currently playing that are from either latin america from you know puerto rico or yeah. you know other various countries mm-hmm. in the caribbean also at venezuela colombia yeah all, all all things like that so hmm. uh you know it's not it's not just uh you know mexican heritage or anything like that though you know there's a large portion of that here um but other parts of the country it's from all right, over right so you know minor league baseball is looking for a way to embrace and encourage those fans to to as major league baseball has done exactly or has put an yeah, forth and doing. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge uh, fan base and a huge mm-hmm. segment of the community that right. loves baseball, and and really, they you know, they haven't been included as much as they could as a been. fan base. They haven't. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So in yeah. the hops in particular, uh, to kind of get to the the nuts and bolts of it, you know, there's a, a a large fan base here in in the Portland area that has largely gone, you know, untapped for lack of a better term yeah. uh, of coming out to see the hops and, and, you know, participate in and, and enjoy baseball here in the Portland. I mean, Metro. they're looking at demographics of ticket sales and, and mm-hmm. this and that. And yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, so last year they did the Lupulos. They, they tried to, you know, which translate it's literally hop uh, in Spanish. Mm. So it was just a straight one-to-one, you yeah. know, Spanish transliteration. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it didn't go as well as I think they kind of hoped okay. it would have gone. So they were looking for something to really dive deeper into the community. And, and they wanted to go with the, you know, the dreamers connotation. So, and, and, you know, not to speak out of turn, but they really wanted to embrace the whole DACA um, kind of angle to it, as well as just the fact that, you know, like they put out in the press releases and everything that, Everybody has dreams, and yeah, right. and that can be a message of inclusivity and and a common without being base. overtly political, exactly. right? It's it's okay, gotcha, yeah. Um, and and that's a positive message that they wanted to embrace, and and they wanted to you know really make a brand that that the Hispanic community and and the you know the other baseball going community could really rally behind. Right. Uh, so that was kind of their brief to me. Um, and their Spanish outreach uh, coordinator, Yvonne Hernandez, was really kind of the one we were talking a lot about, you know, um, what would be appropriate and, and certainly not without fancy. without excluding or isolating. Yeah, right? exactly. Like to try to find that that middle ground, so to speak, right? right? That that sweet spot. Right. right yeah. Right, right. So we were um, we were in this big um, meeting uh, in the in the meeting room and the conference room at, at the talk and um <clears throat> Yvonne was really doing a really good job of kind of explaining, you know, the background of it and and kind of some different symbologies and directions. So I, I was taking notes and I came up with the idea of finding a symbol that really was representative of dreams. And, and the the logo on the cap is an alebrije, which is um, it's a spirit guide in the dream world in mm. Mexico. Oh, wow. So um, to me, the idea there was, you know that's your guide in the spirit world while you're dreaming. I, I couldn't think of a better way to represent dreaming than that uh, without being like 
achieve your dreams like a graduation yeah. cap which is like yeah kind of hokey and yeah um but at the same time like we wanted to have those little nods in there so you know the the diamonds in in one of the particular patterns on the alebrije are are meant to represent both baseball diamonds and graduation caps you know to reinforce kind of okay. the and messaging there's a little flame um in the tail of the the alebrije and that's uh that's for lady liberty's torch Okay. Oh wow. Um, so the idea okay. being that you know they're embracing the idea of of everybody coming to this country to achieve the American dream and to achieve their dreams in life and and uh, all of those kind of pursuits. Okay. So uh, so the cordage it, right there. Or what was that? That right baseball there? laces. Okay. Okay. Baseball, baseball laces. Also, oh, okay. this, so this is base. So I'll put a picture on this online, or you can actually look at the Hillsborough. <laughs> this, is bad, this is bad. This is bad podcast, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of wondering if this was supposed to be kind of like a more of like Aztec type ordeal. Yeah, it's. Um, I did yeah. a lot of a lot of research on you know traditional um, Hispanic patterns, uh, in, in particular Mexican patterns. Uh, not to be exclusive of, of all the different sure. Latino cultures out there. You know, my wife is is Nicaraguan and Cuban, so okay. you know I'm particularly sensitive to that. Um, but you know because the alebrije originated from Oaxaca. Um, Southern Mexico, yeah, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to really pay homage to that particular style of design. So that pattern there, and, and one of the other patterns, uh, kind of in between the the diamond uh, bands, are are just more traditional patterns. A lot of the alabriques are made up of just kind of random geometric patterns. So mm-hmm. it's kind right. of representing that, but also throwing that you know deeper symbology in there as well. Now, is there supposed to be a meaning with the the, the animal that looks like a dog to me, like looking up at the skyward? Um, it's a coyote. Coyote, okay. And the, the coyote alabrije is kind of the... I, I asked Ivan this, and I was like, what's what's like the most well-recognized alabrije like if if i were to do a design of an animal because they can be that people could relate to yeah i mean there's turtles and elephants Mm -hmm. and and llamas and goats and and all kinds of different things but within the mythology within the culture he he was the one that said no the coyote one in this particular pose is like the one that people will recognize as an alabrije so that's i mean it's the traditional pose an animal Uh, so that's the significance of that Interesting that that I just I'm listening and finding it interesting. Now, what about the colors? I mean, what about the colors to the to the hat itself? Yeah, I wanted to do something that was a little surreal. Uh, I mean, if you look at, at Alabrije art um, and, and the figures that they make down in Oaxaca, they're very, very colorful and vibrant. But I kind of wanted to do something. Uh, the name of the, the is Sonidores, so it's dreaming. So I wanted yeah. something that was kind of kind of a cool color palette with this nighttime feel, something that kind of took you into the dream world. Yeah, um, with those pops of of purple and and pink to kind of really give it a little bit of pop. Yeah, it's kind of like the some of the deep space Star Trek kind of yeah, Star Warsy kinda, type feeling. It draws you in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The idea is just you know vibrant and funky and something that you would only see in your dreams. Yeah, yep. it's it's fantastic. I don't think I've heard a negative thing at all about this and logo. it potentially is like a vintage feel to it yeah. if you if you want that to be there you know it's get, covers a lot of it's kind of cool yeah very cool i, I personally think you hit this out of the ballpark honestly yeah, thank looks, you very much cool. I, i'm i'm really proud of this design um i think you know that we packed as much symbolism in there and the fact that it actually embroiders on a cap is is phenomenal <laughs> now yeah. were there things that you had in here or you wanted to put in here that you you couldn't nope no, this is just everything. 
That's, uh, I mean, that's pretty much as I originally designed it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I went through a number of different sketches on my own, um, just trying out different patterns and different ways that, that the, you know, the, um, anatomy worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you know, what I came to the hops with was this design. The only thing we really played around with was color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So were you showing just a small group of people like the different ideas you had and how you, your progress that you're working along on the way? Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it was Kale and Yvonne and a couple other people in the organization. It's a small staff. Mm-hmm. Did you, I'm, did you go out with any bigger focus groups on this or was it, was it just that, that crew? Uh, to my knowledge, it was just that group. Mm, um, cool. you know, we had a really condensed timeline to, to get this all done okay. as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think we had three weeks that we did it. Oh, wow. Um, so it was it was a tight turnaround. So um, our our focus group was Yvonne and Yvonne was really passionate about it, felt really strongly about mm-hmm. it, knew it would resonate really well, felt it was authentic. And I knew that, you know, if we got his sign off, that we'd be we'd be good to go. What was his reaction when this was like a final product? Was he just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah, he was over the moon. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was just could not say enough nice things about it. So um you know, like I said, I, I feel really good that if Yvonne feels positively mm-hmm. about this, that we, we did a really good job. Yeah. And, and to me, authenticity and, and respect to those cultures are so important. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to appropriate anything. I don't want to make anything that's insincere or inauthentic because then it'll just miss the mark. So if this is something that will resonate with him and, and his family and, and families that he knows, then, then we've done, yeah. we've done right by the community. Yeah, I, I get this feeling from you, like li- listening to you, and obviously we're here, and we can see you visually as you're talking about this. But I get this feeling. This went mo- beyond just, hey, this is something that I'm going to do. This is a job to me. But this went beyond that, and it's like, well, I get the feeling like hey, I'm doing a little bit to kind of give back you know, give here and, and, and make a product that, you know, lots of people will be satisfied, but beyond satisfied and just be, be very proud of. Yeah. Um, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. I, I wanted to make something that, that the players would be excited to wear. I wanted something that the organization would be proud to, to show off and, and, and uh, put out in the community. And I, I wanted the community to be proud to wear it as well and, and to embrace it. So, so <clears throat> How far have you come with regard to like sociology and psychology behind behind graphic design and um, and branding? I mean, like, where are you now as compared to say like ten years ago with that? And understanding that that's, it's a big question. <laughs> oh, right? uh, I mean, it's 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 not really a fair comparison because yeah, you know, ten years ago I was like, I just want to make something that looks good. It's <laughs> gonna and, say. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the psychology behind it, the sociology behind it, is just yeah. yeah I got to imagine where you are now. I, I think that's one of the things that that I kind of can look to as my strength. But it's also the thing, the people that I looked up to in, in the graphic design business, who mm-hmm. I really you know try to emulate and kind of learn from, who I've gotten to know a little bit. They kind of do the same thing and take the same approach. Okay. And and having that that deeper meaning, doing those deep dives, really finding things that are authentic is what makes brands successful. When something is done just for aesthetics or it's done for reasons that fans can't connect to, they always fall short. 
So there to me, those aren't successful brands, even if it's, you know, a slick look, if you know, the, the curves in the, in the artwork are tight, great. But if it, you know, doesn't resonate with fans, then, then it's a failure. Then this sounds like something that you could pitch to U of O, hey, U of O, are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> you know, back um, to that. Clearly Very with cool. each project Very cool. that you've done and completed, you've taken something away from that. What's one thing that you've taken away that you've either learned or that you, you think that you can apply in the future from this project? Uh, just, I think knowledge about, you know, the community and the fan base, you know, um, it's, it's such a rich culture and it's one that I, I would want to, to learn more about. I'm kind of, you know, doing researching this project. I ran into to a lot of stuff with the film Coco, um, mm. by Pixar. Yeah. That's a good can, movie. Yeah. It's, it's well, a fantastic movie. So sure. there was a lot of stuff that I, I looked at, um, in Coco and I was like, okay, I can't do that because <laughs> right. Coco just came out and right. I don't want to, I don't want to rip off Disney. I don't want to make any kind of comparisons whatsoever. But at the same time, looking at that stuff, I was like, oh man, to get further down into this. Can, you know this world and this culture would be just so cool so you know i think that's kind of one of the things that i took away from this excellent uh well i just want to say again i think this is an amazing product i think very what cool. you've done here is very cool i mean i had to get the hat i think it's phenomenal um and i know a few of us were like just talking about it on instagram and and one guy's like talking about oh i had to run out and get this and uh, i when i saw this uh you know one of our friend of the podcast andrew super oh, fan yeah. andrew super fan andrew he works out in hillsborough mm-hmm. and he was over there i'm like hey dude can you pick me up one i'll paint him back <laughs> he's <laughs> a hat head not a sneaker yeah. head he's a hat head that guy yeah. i mean that's how much he wanted you know he was getting it and i'm like i want it so um, oh, that's awesome but uh, you know, you've been doing stuff with baseball yep. and various other sports. Mm-hmm. So let's just, while we got a little bit of time left, let's talk about MLB to PDX. Like, okay. what do you, what are you thinking about this as a fan of baseball? As much as I love the idea of having another pro team in Portland, that is not the Blazers or the Timbers. I have a hard time seeing P, uh, MLB and PDX being successful. Mm-hmm. I, now you're talking to two guys that's going to see I, is successful. I, I I hope you guys are right. Honestly, I really do. Because if they're going to bring MLB here, um, then I I, I, I want it to succeed if it comes what, to What do you see as the primary barriers? Um, location okay. is definitely one. Um, I'm, I'm not sold on the stadium site that they selected. Okay. Um, just from a traffic flow standpoint mm-hmm. and an accessibility standpoint and the impact that it's going to have in the, in the Portland area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are some big logistical challenges there. And I think to, uh, as much as, you know, we all at this table love baseball. I don't know that Portland loves baseball. Mm. Um, you know, we saw the Beavers come and go how many times. And, and the last time they went, it was kind of like, meh was kind of the collective reaction uh, i mean there's obviously going to be people who are sure. upset but at the same time like we got the timbers which is so much more exciting i think portland being such a weird quirky city and and embracing that whole like we're different mentality yeah that's one of the reasons mls has always done really well here yeah, but that's will. one of the reasons why the mavericks work so well here right because you know bing russell did something completely different than other teams were doing. I mean, they had an independent baseball team. He, guys were older. Can we have crossover timber and and pro major league baseball? Of course, fans? you'll have crossover, but but enough. 
Uh, that, that's, that's the question, right? That, that is the enough, question. Enough millennials, it, a lo- enough millennials, and even Gen Xers to cross over, essentially. And I don't, I don't know that that there is. I, I would think there's more NBA crossover fans, um, but I, yeah. the sport I would see in Portland as the most successful would be the NHL. Really? Oh, easily. Really? Hands down. Portland is a huge hockey community. Is it? It is. Huh. Believe it or not, it is a huge. Uh, if you go to a Winter Hawks game and see their attendance for kids that are sixteen to twenty-one, yeah. three levels below the NHL, it's nuts. Um, they're crazy passionate, and they have the arena built. It's an NHL quality arena. It's got all the facilities. It's got the parking. It's got mm, the yeah, access. Yeah, yeah. It's primed and ready for it. MLB, I think, creates a lot of challenges. You know, again, how big do you make the stadium? Do you, do you build a forty thousand seater? Can you? Fill we were a just talking. Yeah, we were seater? just talking about that. I don't think that they're not going to build a forty thousand. No. It's going to no, be 30. around thirty. Yeah, but I think that you got to understand. Think, look at what the hops have been able to do in Hillsboro yeah. and what they're doing for the community. Sure. Look at what the West Coast League teams that we, we've had a few of them on here. And like, look at the, what the Portland Pickles have been able to do in the area. You know, the Richfield Raptors is going to be a new expansion team for the West Coast League. They're not too far away from Portland. And you got Corvallis Knights that are south. You have, you know, the success that Oregon State's had. Sure. But but I would say, what I would say is there will be a huge buzz initially when it happens because sure. it's new and it's shiny and, and people yeah. love things that are new and shiny. Sustainability is the issue. Exactly. I think five, ten oh. years down the road, you know, when the fans are, are over that initial period that of novelty, if, if they if they don't win and they don't win immediately, you know, a la the Vegas Knights, what's going to happen then? Are we going to look at a, a, a you know. Mariner situation where it's the fair weather fans and do we really want a fair weather fan yeah. base for baseball here? That's interesting. So so the question is you, they have to put a quality product out to sustain this. And there's no question. Yeah, I yeah, mean they, because they, yeah. frankly the Timbers even if they underperform for a five year period, they're still going to draw. Right. Right. Whereas I, I don't know if baseball can afford that. I don't, I don't think you can, especially not at a 30,000 seat stadium. I think they're, you know, with weather issues and, and uh, unless they make it a domed or, or, Oh, they will. Glass ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, sure. That's great. But you know, Who's financing that? How are they financing that? Is that going to impact you know the the taxpayer base here? And those are I mean I'm pretty sure and I well actually I'm not pretty sure but I'm I'm confident that those are the things that they're thinking of and those are Hope the so. things that they're continuing to address. I mean yeah. you you see it I mean they they talk about some of the private financing we have heck we have yeah we have Russell Wilson Sierra Wilson individually putting in money I mean Darwin Barney's put in money well, Oregon State great MLB player you got you know guys over at the Portland Gear store that are putting in you have yeah, but RV a billion Platt. dollars worth no, but it's gonna have to be a billion dollar stadium gonna. to have to work. And here. they, as that's a lot of cash. As they said, just for got, the stadium. As they said, they've got their <laughs> their those names that they have not yet released that are that are backing <clears> and then their big donor money, right? Um, that will be. Do I see them maybe being locally? There may be one or two locally, right? But I see it more out of the so, area. So that's another issue there too. Is you know, Portlanders are not all that friendly to outside influence. In, in the town here, you know, so there's going to be a lot of people that are upset that there's not more local investment in the stadium. 
I, I mean, but I'm, I'm devil's advocating more than anything else. Well, like, I'm not that. trying to rain on no, the, the parade. It, it, they need good. all the devil's advocates they well, can sure. get. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like you know they may be mad that there's not a lot of of investment locally, but it's not coming out of the it, as we see it right now. It's not coming out of taxpayers' money. And, and if it stays that way, I think that's an easy one to to smooth over and gloss yeah, over. True. You know, is it, this as soon as they put a bond measure up for for Multnomah County, that's when things are going to get real. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's going to piss people off like nobody's right. business. So. Uh, What's a good name for the team? I mean, we've had the Portland Mavericks. You could even go with the Portland Pioneers. There's been some other names that are thrown out there, like the Steelhead. Lamprey. I love Lamprey. <laughs> I was loves, just seeing him the other day. He loves the Lamprey. Oh, you could take the Tampa Bay Rays and trade trade him in and put the Portland Lampreys. Um, you know, I kind of wish the uh, NLL hadn't taken the Lumberjacks. Ooh, um, that's cool. Because, I, I, you know, Portland... Was built on the timber industry. Oregon is still built on the timber industry, you know, at its core. Um, so I would love to see some kind of woodsman, mm-hmm. lumberjack kind of kind of reference. They did have the pines as an idea, but I didn't really like the Portland bunions. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do that. That's no. a Minnesota thing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. But you could do uh, something on fish, you know, related. Yes, yeah, uh, steelhead, yeah. salmon. That you know those. Yeah, I'm still gonna pitch the lampreys. Uh, yeah, I know. It's a native species. I would at least. say yeah. fish fish mascots in Major League Baseball haven't worked out great. Yeah, <laughs> all things considered. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, well, the Marlins have won a couple times. They, that's true. Won a they couple have, titles. They have yeah, won yeah. A couple World Series. Just out of nowhere, won a couple titles. Like yeah. whatever. Yeah, but yeah. They still won. But yeah. the, look at their attendance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Better things to do. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's it's a, it's tough. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion. I've been doing the, you know, the branding thing long enough that I, I don't like to speculate. So, you know, when they come up yeah. with the name, they'll come up with the name. It'll Tried be, and true. It'll yeah. be, you know, focus tested to death, and uh, it'll be the right name for the right reason. Yeah, I, you know, I hope it is. I just, I don't want it to be something. I, I don't think they should go with the Portland Beavers, and I just feel like there's a no. lot of bad mojo. Oh, with Oregon the State would throw a fit if. They oh yeah, to they're do not. That. They're not doing that. There's, they, there's no way they would do that. I, no I, I think that'd be a mistake. Uh, I, you know, I would see some kind of rose reference. You know, of some kind. They talked about the Portland Rosebuds. You know, they I remember the old uh, the uh, Negro League been team. Great, but the Portland Thorns yeah. kind of have. That. Yeah, <laughs> the Thorns would have been great actually. Yeah, uh, you know, but the. Uh, no disrespect to the NWSL team, who they're crushing it. They're doing a great yeah. job. Oh, their their turnout's amazing. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is awesome. I, Two I league titles. That, so yeah, yeah. I mean, their turnout's great. Yeah, it's a soccer city. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think a rose or some sort of forestry or or you know timber reference of some kind would really probably be pretty good. So rose, forest, or fish, yeah. but you want to veer away from the fish. Yeah, I I don't love. Fish are also really hard to draw. <laughs> what what colors do you think would go well for the area? Definitely green. What about like the blue that they have, like the navy bluish that they have now? Um, I, there, I'm I'm so tired of navy blue and, and MLB. It's either all Pantone two eighty two or two eighty nine, with the exception of the Brewers, who are twenty seven sixty seven. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> That's blue. You know, you're mind. looking at Dave, and Dave's like, I, 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 I got no the idea. abacus out here. I'm like, carry the six. Yeah, right, what are you talking about? Like, fire for effect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, Navy is uh, Navy and red. I, I, we're red at least. You know, if it's not if, as an accent color, it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
some some other color scheme that would be more unique. And I, I think green, because the only team in MLB with green is really the, the A's. Mm-hmm. So I think that'd be appropriate and also I think so. be nice and unique and stand out. Like I, I like I love a you know a red forest green and like a gold or Ooh, like that'd be a, cool. Kind of like a tan sand kind of color cream cool. color scheme. Yeah. It's got that vintagey, you know. Yeah. You can imagine, you know, dude wearing a plaid shirt with a beanie on. Nice very Portland. Yeah, a little hipster. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That'd be kinda cool. Yeah. You got to market to them. I mean, yeah. Yeah, have some, you know, obviously mixing some white in there. Oh, sure. Yeah, but you don't ever count white as a color because that's the color of paper, so you don't ever have yeah. to print it. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, you know, it's been great having you on. Thanks, Brian. Um, I, I feel dumber because <laughs> 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 you're throwing out these, like, things. Like, 27, 12, no, 8. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, what is it? Like, Paint a, my numbers? What are you doing here? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In honor of the man who passed, right? Paint my numbers, guys. No, I, I actually feel a little more enlightened about the, uh, the Copa Diversity hat that you know, you create help create with the Hillsborough hops and the, you know, that logo, I, you know, thank you for talking about that. Appreciate really it. Appreciate yeah, it. Pleasure. And, uh, it's been real, man. So, um, thanks for coming on again. Uh, for, and that'll be it for this episode. And I'm Dave and I'm Ben. What did I say? I'm Dave. <laughs> I just went with you, brother. <laughs> oh my God. I got to edit that out. Yeah. I'll probably just leave it in. Yeah. I just leave it in. <laughs> Anyways, well, I'm Ben. And I'm Dave. (laughs) And I'm Brian. And uh, thanks for listening. You take care. Have a great day. Peace out.